up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Couch Podcast. In today's episode, to begin, Butsy and Zwick hop on and talk some NFL. And then I hop on with Butsy and Zwick, and we talk about a crazy college football weekend. And then after that, me and Jordan talk about the NBA play-in tournament. And we kind of just talk NBA for a while. We talk about just the situation of everything, some young teams that we like, some uh, young players that we like. And it's honestly a fun conversation. So without further ado, here is Butsy and Zwick. All right. I am here, Butsy, with Zwick. Zwick, what an amazing NFL Sunday that was. That that yeah. weekend, I know we were just talking about it. That weekend fucked. It fucked. It fucked hard. Um, Probably one of the best of the year. And let's let's get into it. Let's waste no time. We're start with power rankings. I really, really, really wanted to leave them out of the top ten. Oh, okay. I still have the Buffalo Bills at ten. Oh man. I know. I, I just I thought about the Steelers. I thought about the Seahawks. I just couldn't do it. I I, right. I could nine. I have the Detroit Lions. They were on by, so not much to talk about there. Same with the Jags at eight. Dolphins at seven. Dolphins were frisky in the second half. And I don't know. I the Chiefs defense is legit. We'll talk about that after. Six, I have the Cowboys. I think they looked awesome against the Eagles. I think, I mean, I know they were really close to winning that game. Five, 49ers, they were on by. Four, Bengals. They looked awesome against the Bills Sunday night. Three, Ravens. They absolutely shit pumped the Seahawks. Two, Chiefs. They might have the best defense in the league. We got to talk about that. And one, I still have the Eagles because Jalen Hurts looks awesome, even though he's a little banged up. Any honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. Steelers. Yep. Uh, Steelers and Browns. Um, The AFC North is just a juggernaut right now. I did have the – who else is my honorable mention? Honorable mention, the Texans and the Colts. Yeah, so we're getting to new territory here. And let's start. Let's start right away. Let's talk about CJ Stroud because okay, let's let's talk about him because he fucks. He he fucks hard. The theme of this the theme of this segment in this episode today is going to be like the, the who 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 fucks right now and CJ Stroud yeah. fucks right now. He's fucking unbelievable. I mean Zwick, he's setting so he set so many records last week as a rookie. Like I think he had uh, the most passing yards in a game ever by a rookie. He tied the most amount of touchdowns ever thrown in a game by a rookie QB. He had 40 seconds and no timeouts and led his team down the field to a game-winning touchdown drive. Shout out Tank Dell. That guy is fucking awesome. Tank Dell is so sick. Um, But Stroud, man, he is playing unbelievable football right now, Zwick. Clear number one pick. Like I, I was listening to part of my take today, and they said they don't know the last time that there has been let at, like this early in the – in their rookie year, have we seen a consensus switch between the number two and number one picks? Yeah. And I, I don't think Bryce young has been as bad as people think he's been. Um, did throw two pick sixes. But yeah. Oh, he was bad yesterday, but CJ Stroud has just been unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, I can't say enough about him, his pocket presence, his, his footwork, his accuracy is just off the charts. He looks like a veteran out there. I mean, I'm I'm almost ready to put him top ten. I I would take him like there's only like if I'm if I have a team and I'm going forward, I think there's like four, five quarterbacks I'd rather have than him. To I be mean, to, to build a team around in the future. Yeah. Who are you thinking? 
Let's 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 talk like, about like I'm thinking Joe Burrow, Mahomes for sure. I mean, like Josh Allen. Hurts. Yeah, I would take Hurts. Josh Allen, maybe. Like, I don't even know if I would take Josh I, Allen. I I think I would take definitely Herbert I, over Allen right now. I would take Herbert over Allen. Oh, over Allen? Uh, yeah, probably. Me too. And then what about uh Trevor Lawrence? What about T Law? Hmm. I think I would like maybe this is huge overreaction and this could be maybe we're maybe we're idiots. We might be really dumb. We're prisoners of the moment. Maybe Stroud. Yeah, maybe Stroud will throw for 100 yards and three interceptions next week. But he's just looked unbelievable. And I think I I think I the only people I'm taking over over him, Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Like Josh Allen, still for now, it's very close though. If you know these trends continue, and I saw a fun stat, I'm sure you probably saw this too. Who do you think has more touchdown passes in their career, CJ Stroud or Kenny Pickett? <laughs> well, how long has Kenny Pickett been in the league? Just, just Kenny Pickett has me. played 13 career or 21 career games. Okay, so and CJ Stroud has played how many? Nine. Okay, so if I'm doing some quick math, hmm. my intuition, my brain here. More games equal more touchdowns, right? Correct, right? And, and would I be right in, in, in thinking that, Swick? Surely. Surely you would be, hmm, right? Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you would oh, be wrong. Oh, oh, I am. Oh, wow. Okay. Stroud has okay. 14 touchdowns and one interception wow. in nine games. And Kenny Pickett has done 13 touchdowns in his career. So, fun fact, his game against Kenny Pickett's game against the Raiders this year was the first time he ever threw two touchdowns in a game. I did see that stat. That That stat is fucking crazy. That was wild. That blew my mind. But let's talk about this week. CJ Stroud, superstar, franchise quarterback going forward. He looks awesome. And that was an awesome game. Buccaneers-Texans. So, like, sneaky, sneaky, like, uh, I remember I was sitting in the car watching Red Zone. I was driving back from Penn State. We had a tournament this weekend. And I was like, um, the games were starting. They were off to a slow start. The one o'clock, so they was off to a slow start. And I looked at the Texans and the Bucks, and I was like, why is this the best game of the week after the first quarter? Might have turned out to have been the best game of the week completely. This might be game of the year. Game of the year material here. It was um, awesome. And there were a few game of the year candidates this week, by the way. No, there was. And Stroud could have had six touchdowns if Dalton Schultz didn't drop one in the back of the end zone. They, said, they ended up settling for a field goal. He, he did have a great game, though. He did. He did. He had eight for 110 and a touchdown. But Buccaneers, Texans, that was awesome. Oh, let's one more thing. How Go funny ahead. was it that the Kaimi Fairburn got hurt? So funny. And they oh, didn't know they what had, to do. So they just they kept had, going for two point conversions after every play. And then, like, the it, ended up back. it ended up working out because yeah. they won two. And then, didn't the uh, backup running back for EC, he was a. Uh, an undrafted oh. running back from Eastern Carolina, I think. Dare, yeah, his name's like Dare Ogun. I don't, I don't know how you say his last name. It's his name is Dare though. Comes or, down and kicks a forty-yard field goal and drills it. <laughs> that was awesome. That, that was, was so awesome. cool. That was pretty. That was pretty cool. Um, so CJ Stroud, superstar. Yeah, in the making. How how quick of a turnaround was this for Houston though? 
Oh, they're they're you know, like of, like they're head of schedule on the rebuild. One hundred percent. They have their franchise Lions. quarterback. They have they a have, great coach. They have a great coach. They have Tank Dell. They have a really good, like solid, underrated receiver core. Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Nico I'd like Collins. to see them add one more piece in the draft or in free agency next season. But I mean, people they, forgot how good Dalton Schultz is. Yeah, Dalton Schultz is a great, you know, like security blanket. Damian Pierce is really good. I know he's been banged up this year, but we know we know how good he was last year. And the defense still definitely needs work. Um, Will Anderson has looked good. Their number two pick. I it hurts me because they don't have a, a, a first round pick this year, which is pretty disappointing. But I, I mean, they're ahead of schedule. Like they're very far ahead of schedule on this rebuild. And the fact that they're sitting at four and four right now, and they're on the outside looking in of the AFC wild card, is a lot better than I thought we would, we'd be talking about them right now. Like if you're four and four, and you don't, if you if they have somehow managed to get a winning season out of this, who cares if you don't really have your first round draft pick? Like it would be nice, it'd be great, it'd be nice, but you gave up your first round draft pick to put together a potential wild card season way ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is, I, which is crazy. I think, you know, maybe this is crazy, but I think they're an elite AFC contender next year. I they mean, could unless, be. They, they, unless, they, unless they lose, like, bearing injury, you know, free agency, I think they'll add pieces. I think guys are going to want to play with CJ Stroud. Guys are going to want to play for D'Amico Ryans. And I think that's going to draw attention free agency in the draft. And I only think that's going to help them going forward. I agree. And imagine if, like, Imagine if Houston turns into a free agent destination. Oh, James how Hart. good this team could be. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's move on. That was a lot of Texans talk. I don't think I, I didn't think that we went into this uh, segment expecting this much Texans talk. Let's go to another potential game of the year candidate: Vikings Falcons. Josh motherfucking Dobbs. Fucks so hard. Fucks so hard. I mean, he's so good. He he is also a rocket scientist. He is. Yes, um, he is. On the fact about Josh Dobbs, he he co co NFL player, um, also part time rocket scientist. So he's a genius. He's a genius. He's literally the man. And he came in and he played fucking awesome. I mean, well, he, well, well. He had a really slow start. Um, he did, have, he did start. have he did have the safety, and then he and the. The fumble were the fumble. bad. Yep. I mean, it's about how you finish. And Josh Dobbs finished. And three touchdowns, 20 for 30, 158. On a week where he had joined the team maybe five four days. days earlier. Five, five days, days earlier. So he didn't even know the the whole playbook. Um, he didn't know his teammates' names. He's also working with a team that doesn't have Justin Jefferson. Lost... Um, what was his name? Cam Akers halfway through the game. TJ Hawkins got banged up. Yeah. So, oh, who uh, who was the receiver that got injured too? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's what I was. KJ Osborne got KJ Osborne. Up. Yeah, he got he got lit so up. They're working with, for him. That was gross. That was scary. Yeah, that was that was scary. And Josh Dobbs looked great. And the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, are in the playoffs right now. They're five and four. They're five and four. They're five and four. How they were one and four. Guys. Three weeks ago, I was telling you guys they're frisky. I hate them, but they're frisky, and their defense is a lot better than it was last year. Josh Dobbs is frisky. Josh Dobbs might just be frisky. Okay, so I have a hypothetical. 
Okay. Because obviously Josh Dobbs came down, no timeouts, put together an unbelievable game-winning drive, a fourth and seven where he just looked like the motherfucking man out there just shaking the defenders off. All-time moment. Um, so you, your team, you're probably a middle-of-the-pack team. You're about in week nine, okay? And mm. you, your starting quarterback goes down, right? Say it's, say it's Kirk Cousins. He goes down mid-game. Who yeah. do you want coming into the game? Do you want Gardner Minshew, who is three and zero all time as a as a backup coming into the game, or yeah. do you want Josh Dobbs? That's my question. And not I'm not talking about going forward. I'm not talking about the next week. I'm talking about in that moment. Would you want I'm, Gardner Minshew I'm or Josh Dobbs? Dobbs. I mean, I'm going Josh Dobbs too. You have to. Gardner Minshew is awesome. You know the whole mustache and mullet thing going on, and he's super fun. But Josh Dobbs is. He's he's like actually a good quarterback. I mean, yeah. he will probably get a backup job after this season with some team, and he will get a you know pretty good, pretty big contract from them as 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 a backup. Um, well, and he'll get a spot. Yeah, he could be like a placeholder QB for a team looking to rebuild. You know, like he could be sure. a, he's a, a, he's a cheap a cheap starting bridge QB. That can yeah. that can, you know, help like get a team through a rebuild. A way better Jimmy G. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> wow, Zwick, wow. So is Josh Dobbs better than Jim Jimmy Garoppolo currently? I I don't I don't think it's close. I, I mean, I, there's I mean, a reason one's on the bench and one's one's starting. And it's so weird to think that one is an NFC champion and almost won a Super Bowl, and one is Josh Dobbs. Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. It's absolutely wild. Um, a lot of Vikings and Houston talk early. I like it. I like oh. where I like where this podcast is headed. This is the best time of the year. Okay, let's move on to another really exciting game. Uh, let's move on to the Chiefs and Dolphins. Yes, talked about it briefly. Um, it was it was exciting for the for the second half. The first half, not much happened besides the lateral, the the, the pick or the fumble, Tyree kill fumble into the lateral. That guy needs to be on a track. Uh, on a track, he's a bearcat. He's a bearcat. Shout out, shout out Brian Cook, who's a bearcat. But he needs to be on a track because the way he got, he pumped his legs and his arms. Bad. His knees were like in his stomach, like he was just fucking hauling ass. He was moving so fast; it was so cool to watch. Um, Dolphins were able to slow down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the second half. They didn't even score in the second half. They didn't even get close to scoring in the second half. Uh, the Dolphins were able to put together a few good drives and score touchdowns, but the Chiefs' defense ultimately held their ground late. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs' defense is awesome. I I really wish it wasn't this awesome, but it's really fucking good, and it might be the best in the league. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's the best in the league, but I think it's top five. Like, yeah. I think we have to respect it as a top five unit. Steve Spagnola is, you know, coaching, you know, Players who haven't been as successful in their career are look really good on the Chiefs defense. Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie is a really good second year player. Love McDuffie. He's awesome. And they're just they're holding it down because the offense has looked subpar so far and Mahomes has looked subpar so far. So I don't I don't think it matters that the Chiefs offense has been subpar so far because they're six and two or seven and two now. And they're holding the Dolphins to 14 points. Yeah. 
who almost no one has done that this year. And so I don't know. Um, Dolphins are frauds, I think. Yeah. But, well, uh, well, let's welcome uh, Jordan Dyer yeah. to the show. Jordan Dyer, ladies and gentlemen, welcome oh, to the show. Hey, hey oh, it's, it's, it's no voice, Jordan. That's what they call me because I have no voice. Were you guys talking shit about me earlier in the pod? What happened? Oh, no, no, we actually didn't even mention you. You were you were you were just an really? afterthought. Yeah, we, yeah. Really? Yeah, you weren't really missed. on this pod. You didn't say like you didn't say like Jordan couldn't be here today. He's being a pussy or anything. You didn't say no, that. No, I didn't. I didn't want to talk shit. Uh, I just wanted to just get into the podcast and not let you know. Oh. I wanted to. I wanted to be positive and not let the Weird. listeners not make the listeners upset by uh, letting your absence be known. And they were probably wondering where their host was, but whatever. What I, I mean, I, I swear, correct now? me if I'm wrong. I'm doing a great job because oh, <laughs> no. I feel like I'm doing a great I, job. I, I think you should just leave, Jordan. Honestly, <laughs> and thanks for coming, Jordan. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Dyer. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having me. We've been talking uh, a lot. Jordan, we were just talking about a little Chiefs Dolphins. Uh, where would you rank the Chiefs defense in the NFL if you had to rank yeah, them? Um, top five. I agree with Zwick, but I'm more concerned about the the fact that Zwick called the Dolphins frauds. I don't think they're frauds, dude. I think they're good. I think the Chiefs are just better. Like the Chiefs have an awesome defense. Um. And haven't beat anyone. They haven't beat anybody. You can't convince me that they're not frauds. They haven't beat anybody versus a good team, and I haven't. Like, what does fraud mean though? They're a good team. It means they have a good record, but they're bad. Yeah, they they beat they beat the bad teams, which they should. I'm I'm glad they beat the bad teams because if they didn't beat the bad teams, then I'd be really worried. But they haven't beat anyone, and I know they got close to beating the Chiefs, or at least tying the Chiefs in the fourth quarter. But I mean, like they weren't close to beating the Eagles. They were for a little bit, but the Eagles were just much, much better. I agree. No, I I agree. And me and Zwick talked about the last pod I was on that I I think that the Dolphins can get pushed around a little bit by the more physical teams. And I think the Chiefs are that they have a great O line and a great D line. So um, that's the Dolphins' weakness. But I still think they're a good team. I I mean, I think Zwick had them like second in the power rankings a week ago or two weeks ago, and that was definitely too high for me. I think they're probably right around like the seven to ten range, though, and I don't I don't know if that makes them a fraud being in in the top ten. So I don't know. I had them at seven. You missed you missed power rankings. Okay, well there we go. Yeah. So we're um, on the same page. I mean that's not a fraud, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well the way people were talking about them. It's okay. Well, also can I can I make a point because yes. the Please. NFL is kind of crazy in that like yeah there are bad teams, but everyone can win. Like it, it is an any given Sunday sport. That is where the the phrase came from. The Chiefs did lose to the Broncos, so like I don't know if just taking away all of their wins, especially when they're dominating wins, is really fair. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, a good point. That's a very good point. They did score seventy once, so that was cool. That was cool. But cool. I think I think seven's a great spot for them. I, like, I just I I fear that they'll they'll get in the playoffs as like the three seed. I think they'll win the AFC East. Um, so Bills are fucking. Yeah, horrible, talk man. about the Bills after yeah. this, but I think they'll win the AFC East, and I, I just like, I think they could lose in the wild card. Like, I mean, obviously anyone can lose to anyone, but I, I, I don't have much confidence in them. I don't know something about. Yeah, them. yeah. that's fair. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I severely doubt their and and can and blah, 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 and am concerned about their, like their Super Bowl chances and chances to even make the AFC championship game. I think those are pretty slim too. Yeah. Um let's go to the Bills and your Bengals, Zwick. Mm. Uh I'll let you I'll let you spearhead this segment. Um because the Bengals are they back? Oh they're back. They were back last week and now they're they're even they're even more back. 
Um, Joe Burrow is awesome. That's it, it boils down to that. Joe Burrow can actually move in the pocket and can escape. And um, T Higgins had a great game, eight for one ten. Um, really his one or his second big game of the year, but he seemed like he had disappeared for a little bit there. And the Bengals offense looks awesome. I mean, they're running the football well. They're moving it down the field. Joe Burrow can actually move around the pocket and he can scramble for first downs. He can make things happen. And like I this is I this this offense can be the best in the league. It it goes as far as Joe's Joe takes them. And I don't see him slowing down. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much there is to say. I mean, I was a little disappointed. We only had ended up winning by six, but a win is a win. And the Bengals offense looked awesome. They they actually got the tight ends involved, which almost never happens because Irv Smith, you know, hasn't had much of an impact this year. And like it was it was a quiet day from Jamar too. He had four for 41, and they still looked really, really good. So I'm I don't know what else to say. I mean, the defense looked awesome too. Um Cam Taylor Britt. Young corner out of Nebraska looks really fucking good. Yeah. Looks like he could be a star in this league. Um, and the pass rush looks good. But let's talk about the Bills. They fucking suck. I'm ready to say it. I think <laughs> they don't fuck. I, wicked. I think it's safe no, to say the Bills don't, don't fuck. They don't fuck at all. I'm I'm like so ready to say they're dead and they're out of the playoffs right now. They're not even in the playoffs in the current playoff picture. I think. They could easily end up missing the playoffs. I don't. I I'm ready to give up on the Bills. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I need to hear your guys' opinions, but their defense is bad. It is Where? real bad. And Josh Allen has the most interceptions since 2020. And he, I mean, he just he can't it's, take care of the football. Yeah, it's so and, weird because he. Sorry to cut you off, Swick, but he. I, he has the most interceptions in the NFL since 2020, and he also has the most total touchdowns in the NFL this year. Yeah. So, like, his volatility is unbelievable. The Bills, Did the Bills make it onto power rankings? They were 10. 10. Mm, I, I, I really think... wanted to leave them off. Yeah, they might be off. But, <laughs> like, off we're, we were talking about the honorable mention teams, Zwick, Phil Jordan on the honorable mention teams. And Jordan, let me know if you think that any of these teams are better than the Bills right now. Was there an, was there an argument? I had some frisky. No, I had no arguments. I, I love the list, actually. Okay. I, I can I can I can tell you the list after, but um Texans for sure, Colts, Steelers, and who else was it in the Browns? Uh I'm still taking the Bengal or the Bills over all of them. Correct. And but, I Seahawks too. But that's oh it. Seahawks weren't on? Dude, no. they got throttled. Yeah, they did. But the Ravens are really good. I mean, the Ravens are really, really good. Ravens were the Ravens were really, really good. They were three. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I I think I would take Seattle. Um, you were the you were yeah. you've been the most like anti Seattle guy on on planet Earth. Who's been the most anti Buffalo guy though? Who's that been? That's uh, me. Uh, probably you too. <laughs> me, definitely me. So you're anti Seattle and anti Buffalo. You're anti. I think there's a huge drop off <laughs> in the NFL right now. I think it's crazy. Like the. I agree. Getting to the eighth, ninth, and tenth best team, you're just not impressed anymore. So yeah, even the seventh, like the Dolphins. So. Oh yeah, I, I mean, okay, so the Bills have Broncos, Jets, and then Eagles. Their next three games, they can lose any game though. Like their schedule doesn't matter. They can lose to anyone because they're so sporadic. 
I agree. And I I don't see like any way that they beat the Eagles in Philadelphia. I think they could lose to the Jets. I don't think they'll lose to the Broncos. But then but I mean any given Sunday, anyone can win. The Broncos beat the Chiefs. So I'm worried about them. I, I think I think they could definitely miss the playoffs. I think I had sorry, I had them uh seventh in my preseason rankings. That was low for most people. That was yeah. low. Hashtag Jordan was right. <laughs> and now they're 10. So I might be, I might not even be right enough. Like I should have had them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> should have them out of the playoffs, but yeah, I'm, um, I'm out on the bills too. They aren't consistent. Okay. Enough. Uh, who's in, in, is, is Sean McDermott to blame? I think he deserves a lot of blame. I think he... Matt Milano's injury is to blame. That is a lot of blame. I also I, I need to give Sean McDermott some blame too because he calls the defense and it's been bad. I mean, Joe Burrow tore them up yesterday and yeah, they walked down the field in the first drive. Like it was they fucking, walked down the field against a JV football team. Three drives in the first half. And they did make some adjustments in the second half. I'll give them that. But I mean, he, like what has Sean McDermott done? Lost in the divisional to the Chiefs. That's yeah, that that's, was, that's like the highlight. That's that's the that's the, <laughs> that's his highlight. That's his highlight of the of the career. Exactly, and it was a Gabe Davis game that took him there. Like, I don't know. I'm my I, thoughts. They won't fire him, but they should think about it. Yeah, I don't know. It depends. I mean, there's a lot of season left. Like, they could still finish like ten and seven or eleven and six or whatever. But my thoughts are. From the very beginning, I thought they were thin talent-wise, depth-wise. I thought they were top-heavy. They have a lot of really good players on both sides, a lot of really big names who are big names for good reason, um, like Matt Milano, like Diggs, like Allen. But once you get past the big names, they really don't have a whole lot. Like They they don't have great complementary pieces. Um, and then to go along with that, you add in the Milano injury, so they lose probably their best defensive player. And you add in the fact that Josh Allen is really inconsistent and really reckless. So that's a losing recipe a lot of times. So I uh that's those are my thoughts on the Bills. I agree. I, I concur. I don't have any 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 qualms with what you had to say there, Jordan. Hmm. Um let's go to uh the final game that we should talk about. Really the only other really good game. We can talk about the Ravens for a little bit if you guys want. Interested? Any interest? Talk yeah, about the Ravens. Let's talk about the Ravens a little bit before we talk about um, Philly and Dallas. Yeah. All right. Ravens 37-3 over the Seahawks. Um, this game was never in question. It was never doubt. It was an absolute whomping from start to finish. Lamar Jackson, 20 for, 21 for 26, 187. He didn't have to throw a touchdown. Okay. The rushing <laughs> game for Baltimore was insane. Uh, they had 515 yards of total offense, 298 rushing yards. Guess how many total yards the Seahawks had as a team? Like 100. I look maybe. at Jordan's face right now. They had 151. <laughs> so Baltimore almost had double the amount of yards rushing that the Seahawks did total, co- like combined, passing and rushing. Uh, Kenneth Walker, don't know what his deal is. He seems to be getting completely squeezed out of whatever the fuck Pete Carroll's game plan is. Um, yeah, I don't- I fucking hate Pete Carroll. Me I mean, too. I, I've never really liked him. Paul Petey. He seems to do this as the year goes on. I mean, DK Metcalf only had one catch yesterday in a game they lost by 34. Kenneth Walker only had 
three carries in the second half, given I know they were down a lot, but you got to give your best play the ball. And I think that's Kenneth Walker. And they just, they, they're like phasing him out and it's weird. I mean, I liked Zach Charbonnet and I think he should get more touches. Um, But let's not forget who got you here and who is your best running back and probably the best player on the offense. It's, it's Kenneth Walker and they don't want to give him the ball. I don't understand it. My fantasy team doesn't understand it. And My fantasy team is fucking in shambles because of him. Yeah, yeah, and, and it sucks. And I just, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, the Seahawks. Guess how many first downs they had, Zwick? Like, I don't know if you saw. Three, maybe. So, they had know. six. They had six. Six. All Jesus. game. They had six first downs. That's sad. Yeah. It's it's just it's just hard to watch. But I think it speaks to volumes to how good the Ravens are. Like, I yeah, think the Ravens are now legit really Super Bowl contenders. Their O-line is fucking insane. They keep pulling these no-name running backs out of their ass cheeks. Yeah, uh, their defense is ridiculous. Their defense, and their defense is insane. the league in sacks. Cincinnati is going to Baltimore. Um, I believe it's two weeks from now on Thursday night, and I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. Oh, uh, Zwick, I messed like, it up. Zwick, I messed up. What'd you do? He and Mitchell was the undrafted running back. From Eastern Carolina, not the guy who kicked the field goal for the for the Texans. I messed so it up. Close. So, close. <laughs> so close. I was so close. Just a just a whirlwind of undrafted running backs here. <laughs> Hang on, just one thing. Where were the Lions on this week's power rankings? The Lions were at nine. Nine. Okay. Nine. So the Ravens beat the Lions two weeks ago, thirty-eight to six. They beat the Seahawks this week, thirty-seven to three. I just feel like. There's a big drop off after the, like the top maybe four, and then you oh. go to like the these mediocre teams, like these pretty good teams that are gonna make the playoffs. Like the Ravens can do this to teams, so I'm not. I don't know. The Seahawks were never like a real contender for me. Um, I think the Ravens, but they, Ravens they, they should have lost against good. the Browns last week. They should have. Yeah. Can Didn't we do uh? Can we do like a who's a real contender type of segment? Who's Tender. in or who's out? Contender like, series. Who has who? How many teams have an actual chance to win the Super Bowl? I think five. Give me them. 49ers, Bengals, Ravens, Chiefs, Eagles. No Cowboys. I'm putting in the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. No, I would put the Cowboys in. Too. I don't know how the Cowboys. We're going to get to that game in a sec, but I don't know how they yeah. fucked that up. I would say, uh, see, the Ravens, the Ravens fool you. They fooled me in the past. Last year, they, they seem yeah. to be regular season heroes. And at the end of the year, they get banged up. Lamar's been banged up. I hope he stays healthy. Um, he's obviously, I know he's he's a he's a division rival of the Bengals, but he's super fun to watch. And I mean, they just they seem to have played their best football early in the season and then kind of phase out the past couple of years. So we'll see what happens with them. But obviously, I mean, we have to we have to call them a top three team right now. They're playing out of their minds. But I yeah, I would say six teams could win the Super Bowl. I think I would probably leave the Cowboys out, kind of just because they're the Cowboys. They're yeah, so- see, that's that's the thing. That's holding Dallas is going to Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is going to Dallas. Yeah, they're they're another team that's really inconsistent. Like they're they're kind of like Buffalo that they can their best game is as good as anyone, and they can beat the great teams even when they play great. But when they play bad, like and it happens too often, they're just atrocious, and they they don't have like a a high enough floor. I just I I don't see them ever being able to like run the table in the playoffs. Um, the team that I might put in over the Cowboys would be the Jags. I, I feel like the Jags haven't done much to give us reason to not believe in them, right? 
Yeah, besides the slow start, they've been playing really great football lately. Um, it might be a little recency bias because they had the bye. Um, that we're not, they're not on the front of our minds, but right. What do you think, Swick? Were they I, on the rankings? Yeah, they were eight. The Jags were eight. I'll give you the, I'll give you the rankings. So Bills ten, Lions nine, eight Jaguars seven, Dolphins six, Cowboys five, Niners four, Bengals three, Ravens two, Chiefs one, Eagles. Yeah, I mean the Bengals. The Bengals are back. I I didn't get to talk okay. about the Bengals, but I'm, I'm very excited about them and. I don't have enough to say about them. I mean, they just, they looked awesome. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to uh, America's game of the week. Uh, We had the Cowboys at the Eagles. What a game this was. We thought the Eagles had put, huh? Game of inches. Game of inches. Um, That touched it on the goal line. Uh, Dak stepping out of bounds on the two point conversion. Um, But we thought that, I thought the Eagles had put the Cowboys to bed. And all of a sudden, a PI and a couple plays, the Cowboys get down to the six fucking yard line after an encroaching penalty, and then a false start and a sack just put them to bed. Um, Zwick, what do you make of the Cowboys after this game? Easily a game that that they could have won. I I think they should have won this game too. I mean, we're gonna talk about you know CD Lamb eleven for one ninety one. Dak looked awesome. Um, for all you Dak haters out there, I think that's you, Jordan, or is that you, Buck? That's me. That's me. That's you. Me. Okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. Hand, hand yep. up on that one. So, okay. So hand up for you. Um, Dak looked awesome. Three seventy four, three touchdowns, and I think if he didn't, his right foot didn't hit the white line, we'd be having a different, different, different um conversation about this game. It was really that close, and I'm worried about the Eagles' secondary. I'm worried about the Eagles' defense in general. They could not stop C.D. Lamb to save their lives. They could not stop Jake Ferguson to save their lives. It was rough for them someday, and I think that's only going to get harder when you play better passing attacks. You know, and Jalen Hurts looks good. He looks really, really good. 17 for 23, 207, and three total touchdowns. One, one, one brotherly shove touchdown. And I think he looks awesome. The Eagles offense looks really good, but I'm worried about the defense. I think the Cowboys are legit, though. The only thing holding me back is that they're the Cowboys. Correct. Yeah, I think I think they're legit. I think they can beat anyone, but I don't think they can beat everyone. I just can't see them putting it together for an entire postseason. Um, and I don't think I'll be swayed from that thinking until they actually do. So, like, yeah, they could they could go all the way to like the NFC Championship, but I just I don't see them honestly getting beyond that and getting to the Super Bowl. So I think they're a very, very good team, but I don't have them as a contender. And that's, that's all they played a great game. They did. They really, they really, really did. Um, CD is fucking insane. By the way, Uh, CD had 11 catches for 191 yards, no touchdowns. Um, He looked like the best player on the field yesterday. I I thought he was the best player on the field yesterday. Uh, I, I think Dak played really well too but it's the inconsistency that kills me and it's dallas that kills me like it's really tough to believe in a team that consistently chokes every single year after you know they put up these performances and put up great great numbers against some bad teams and then they come really close and even beat some really good teams and then in the postseason everything just goes to shit um i don't know i don't know what to make of dallas and i i agree with you guys i think they're just gonna fumble come come the postseason i agree 
Did you guys talk Josh Dobbs heroism or no? Oh, we talked Dobbs. We talked we talked Dobbs for a long time. I Dobbs and Shroud. And you missed Dobbs and Shroud. Oh my guys. All right. Dude, we we said that we just basically oh. we'll give you a summary. The quick synopsis, yeah. those guys fuck. And they fucked hard on Sunday. <laughs> fucked hard. They fucked. Josh Dobbs is a rocket scientist too, which is really yeah. fucking cool. And CJ Stroud. Oh, we talked about who how many quarterbacks we'd take on our team over CJ Stroud. And I think I came to four going forward. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I, I was oh, going more, forward, going forward, going forward, yeah, going yeah. forward. No, not right now. Not right now. Okay. I was a little more lenient. I said, Mahomes, I said, hurts. I didn't say Josh Allen. I would I, still take Allen. I, <sighs> I said, Lawrence, I said, uh, who else did I say? I said, um, Herbie. Lamar and Lamar. Oh, I forgot about Lamar. We forgot about. We completely left out Lamar. Lamar. Yeah. Bye. No, I I love Stroud. Um, should have been the number one pick. Wonder who said it. Maybe go back and listen. Yeah, from um, the start, from the jump. Yeah, my bad. Um, hand Bryce, up. Bryce Young looks a lot smaller in the NFL. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He looked bad. We'll, he we'll did beat CJ Stroud though. He did. He did. But he looked bad yesterday. I mean, he I threw think... three picks. Yeah, I, I, I hope he turns around just because um, he's an easy guy to root for, likable guy. But it's been a rough start. And yeah. I'm sure he's seeing the how well Stroud is playing. And I'm sure the Panthers are seeing how well Stroud is playing. And they're wondering. And that only puts pressure on himself and his mind. And that doesn't help anyone. Yeah, I think Stroud, all the things you guys are saying, like going forward, I think he's going to be a top five guy at some point. And Pretty, so. you know, sooner than you think. I think he just has everything you want in an NFL quarterback. He's athletic enough to escape and and you know create plays. Um, the processing talent. ability is absurdly good. The arm talent is great. Um, he's he's a good leader. He's a good demeanor. He's calm. He's poised. I think he's going to be special. So it's going to be fun to watch. Agreed. No qualms. All all in agreement here. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us here on this segment, Jordan. Zwick, anything else to add? We, uh, we we covered a lot. We covered a lot in this episode. I think we covered all of the highlights. Um, I'm good, man. Raiders are back. Raiders are oh, back. No. They, Josh McDaniels is in hell right now. That guy stinks. Raiders. That guy just fucking stinks. He's going to be the Pats OC in oh, yeah. a year. Next you year. Guys, you guys want to give a little Pats talk? No. I'd no. rather not. I'm... I'm happy. Yes, um, I want them to lose every game. We it was a great week. We did it. What well, we we did our job again. So oh, I had a dream bet. I got to talk about my dream bet. Okay. Uh, right. We were at Penn State uh, Saturday night, and I went to bed. I had a little dream that the that the uh, that the Commanders. I, I texted this in our club basketball group chat. I said the Commanders are going to beat the Patriots seventeen fourteen. Was mm. just barely off, but I had the the point differential right. So exactly I'm Owen. I didn't bet it, but it's I'm 0 and 1 or 1 and 0 in dream bets that I didn't bet. Okay, nice. Nice. All right. We'll, that's we'll it. That's all I got to say. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back on Friday for a little weekend preview. So, peace. Okay. Zwick and Butsy and I are here. We have a crazy college fo- football schedule to get into. Let's start with the OK State Oklahoma game. What a game uh, in Stillwater. OK State is able to win 27 to 24 against number 17 ranked Oklahoma. Back and forth, back and forth, all game long. It takes a monster fourth quarter from OK State to get the win there. Man, this was not a monster. They only scored 10 points, but still, fun game here. Let's start with you, Zwick. How did you feel about this one? 
Yeah, this was a very fun game. Um, I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma just didn't look like they've looked before. I mean, I don't – Dylan Gabriel obviously threw for 344, so that's very impressive. But, you know, he had the very costly interception, and they just – Oklahoma State just looked like a better team. I think it helped a lot that they were in Stillwater, and they just – they looked like they wanted it more. And I think the goalposts came down at the end of the game, right? They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so that's – I don't know. I don't know if this this is a goal per, goal post coming down upset, but all in all, I think it's a big one for them. I think it is. This was the last one of the of the rivalry. The last yeah, scheduled yeah, one. that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I think that because of that, I think it's one. It's Oklahoma. It's on the road. Or sorry, at home rather. Um, I don't know. I think for those people at that time, uh, I wouldn't say it was the worst goal post uh, ripping. But but see, yeah. how did you feel about this game? I mean, the only thing that makes the goalpost rip reasonable is that it's the last of its kind. The, the game's the last yeah. of, yeah, you no, know, the in-conference chaos that has been Oklahoma, Oklahoma State for so many years. It's sad. Um, I, I wish they kept it. To be yeah, and and I'm nervous that more of this, more rivalries like this are going to die across all of college sports, especially in like the ACC with, you know, like Duke UNC. You know, the ACC might be getting disbanded soon, <clears throat> so that would really suck. But focusing on the game, I thought Oklahoma State just played with more energy start to finish. Um, Stillwater was absolutely bumping. I think uh, I think Oklahoma came out and expected to win this game. Uh, I thought they were going to win this game too, but I thought they were flat. Um, and I thought Oklahoma State brought the energy and they were able to get it done. It's, it's, it's sad because... Oklahoma was having an incredible season. You know, they beat Texas um, in at the Cotton Bowl with 95, 100,000 people there. And everyone thought, like, this could be their year. They had a Heisman candidate, a QB, who's been playing really well and played really well in this game besides, you know, the really, really costly turnover late. But I think I think uh, Oklahoma State just proved that they're legit. Um, they were, like I said, Zwick and I were talking about on the pregame or the preview show, they were kind of overlooked coming into the season big time and have by far exceeded expectations uh, in the Big 12 this year. I think the Big 12 is slowly uh, becoming the most fun conference in the NCAA, I'd say, at the moment. Uh, it was the Pac-12 for a while, but I think it's back to uh, the Big 12 for me personally. I know the Pac-12 did have, some, did have some fun games this weekend, but Big 12 is absolute chaos right now. And uh, going forward, it's going to be interesting to see who wins this conference because – uh, on the other side, you got Texas, right, who have lost Quinn Ewers for a little bit and were able to barely escape against Kansas State. So uh, we can talk about that game later, but that game was nuts. So Big 12 is wide open. Um, let's go down to the SEC. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, a messy game. The Jackson Dart coming out party. He was awesome, 24-33, 387 yards and two touchdowns. This game had a blocked field goal for a touchdown. It had a miss. Uh, field goal to lose the game for uh, Texas A&M and it had some punches in the balls some ejections it was a a wild one here um, <clears throat> I'm not sure exactly where to start so I can start with you Butsy where, where, where do you want to begin with this one yeah man this one was pandemonium from start to finish uh, it was a really really fun game to watch as a fan but um, I don't know I, I don't even know where to start with this I think yeah 
I think Texas A&M played better than I think a lot of people were expecting them to. I know the line for this game was Ole Miss, like maybe two or three or three and a half, something like that. And it's weird because A&M have been playing so bad all year leading into this game, really. They've had some really, really tough losses earlier on that kind of surprised me because I thought their offense was a lot better than it was. Um, their defense hadn't been playing great, but Jimbo Fisher had these guys going for this game. And, you know, they, it was a back-and-forth matchup. But in the end, Ole Miss was able to to pull out uh, pull out the win. Pull out, maybe. Or, you know, always pull Ooh. out. But nice. they, they were able to pull out the win. Um, Jackson Dart, I think, is a legit QB. Um He's been playing well all year, been throwing the rock, slinging that thing all around the field. And, you know, you want your quarterback to be a gunslinger if you're in the SEC when when these defenses have actually not been really uh, not been really solid this year. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know where I was going with that because I don't really know what to say about this game. Besides, it's a big win for Ole Miss. Yeah. Aggies are 0-4 on the road against ranked teams. Uh, they, have, they still have to play number 13 LSU. This is kind of a season from hell there for them. Um, Ole Miss. Down in the second half, they come or going into the second half, they're down. They have coming, they come back. Jackson Dart starts to really go off here, and I was just really impressed with this Ole Miss team. Um, they never look got their heads out of it. They always looked very locked in and engaged, and they just kept pushing and pushing, and they got the win there. Um, Texas A and M sort of feels a little cursed, Swick. Do you agree? Yeah, the, I. It seems like they have all the talent in the world. They and do. They literally do with their recruiting they just, classes. They just can't. Exactly. I mean, they just can't put it together. I mean, they're five and four. Like you said, they're zero and four on the road versus ranked teams. I mean, I don't know what's going on with this team. They just they just don't seem Jimbo Fisher just can't seem to get it together or whatever. And it's just it's super it's disappointing. I mean, it's really disappointing because this should be a ranked team. I believe they have the talent to be ranked and they just can't put it together. But not to discredit Ole Miss, Jackson Dart looked awesome, and it was a fun game. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead, Butts. Yeah, so we were, you guys were talking about how they all, they have all the talent in the world. I think Jimbo is absolutely doing this team no favors at all, but they're kind of fucked. Like, his contract is yeah, his contract unbelievable. Contract it's much. 10 years, 94 0.95 million 94.9 million dollars and every single dime of it is guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. So you're locked in with him for a lot more years, many more years and unless they really want to buy him out unless some of the boosters come together and, and somehow pull together 95 million dollars, I don't see that happening, but like they have so much talent with the recruiting class, Zwick was right. Every year they're getting top recruits left and right. And Jimbo Fisher has not been able to piece it together. Uh, obviously, he has a national title at FSU, but he has not been producing at all, uh, producing wins at all. And I, I remember talking about or listening to someone else talk about this a few weeks ago. There's like a notion around AM that they're like they should be competing for national titles because of the recruiting class and because of their coach. And I don't get that. Like why 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 does A and M expect every year to have like a one or two loss record? Like that's just we just know that's not who they are. Yeah, but I think you're, that's the Georgia and Alabama formula, right? It's an OSU, uh, it's you and Michigan. You have a top recruiting class. You have a great coach. You're expecting to compete for but the they, national championship. Yeah, but they don't have a great coach. Like, uh, well, like in I think their it's minds, they to call Jimbo they, to not have a great coach. 
Yeah, I think I think in their minds yeah. though, Jimbo at the time was a great coach and considered yeah. that. I think the last two seasons it's been a drop down and people are starting to really get on him and start asking themselves whether or not they think he is a great coach. But uh I still think at the time when people were thinking that, um, they were still in on Jimbo. So that could be why. what do you think about Jimbo? I like I mean, you're five and four. So something's gotta change. Um you have very talented, like we said, very good recruiting class, and clearly he's not putting it together. So I get like the hire, like at the time, like I get the vision of hiring him, but it hasn't worked. So at the end of the day, we gotta we gotta look in the mirror and figure something out because it's not working. All right, let's go now. They buy him out. I think they could. I mean, it's not like they don't have the money to do it. They definitely do. Yeah, but so, it's a, it's a it's a big investment, and I guess the question is like, who would they even turn to bring in? Yeah, you know, like I mean, you I, keep getting these top recruiting classes, you're gonna to want to bring in a name that's well known in college football and and is looked highly upon. But I don't know what coach would be willing to jump ship to A and M right now because it kind of seems like it's a it's a cursed franchise. I yeah. don't know, dude. I feel like there's coaches that would jump to that. That that's like being handed the it's like the den the being handed the keys to a Cadillac and being like, go ahead and drive it. They have the number one recruiting classes uh, the lot two years ago or last, not last year, but the year before. And then they were a top recruiting class uh, this year as well. And you have to remember too, like a lot of those guys are freshmen, sophomores uh, are not going to play. Right. So maybe you'll start seeing those recruiting class classes uh, come to fruition later on. So when there, maybe there is a new coach, uh, that's the change that needs to be made. But I don't know. I feel like they're, Jimbo's going to stay around long enough because of the buyout where he's going to be able to hit in the next two years with those really, really good uh, recruiting classes. And they're going to figure out what's going on there in Texas A&M because, like you guys said, the boosters are some of the top boosters in the nation and they're, uh, they pissed. want to win. They're yeah. pissed. And I think if you are going to buy out, uh, what's his name, Jimbo, you're not going to have a good recruiting class this year because you're just not going to be able to hand out that NIL money that the other teams are going to be able to, right? So they have to pick whether they want to have a top recruiting class or buy out Jimbo, but they can't do both. Uh, I think the best move going forward is to just keep getting those recruiting classes and really make it uh, make you guys see whether or not Jimbo is good, right? If he fails with three top recruiting classes, then it's time to really call the alarm. Uh, yeah, but let's, let's go to well, Case in Texas. One more, or, one more thing yeah. on one more thing on A and M. If that's all right, they have had. Uh, let me read this here. They've had, I think, one season in the last ten years where they've had one loss. It was in twenty twenty. They went nine and one. Like this team has been a four loss team, a five loss team, a six loss team for a long time. Like they went eleven and two. They're not an eleven win team. They've had eleven wins. In 2012, and that was Manziel. But besides that, sure. they've been a four, five, six loss team for a very long time. I guess that's I needed that I needed that piece of information yeah. earlier when I was trying to make my point about why yeah. the standards are so high for 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 A and M when they haven't been historically producing. But like, if you look at Bama and Georgia and LSU, and I guess maybe not LSU, but I guess they're a decent, they're a better example than A and M of expecting dominance. Like that makes more sense because they're ten win teams every season. Like AM has had one one 10 plus win season since like 2000. So, like, the this expectation that they're national champ, like, they have aspirations for the title every year, I think is a little lofty. All right. Yeah. 
finally, K-State versus Texas. Uh, mm. I don't know why I was so excited to talk about this one because this was kind of a gross game as well. Both I quarterbacks. It. I loved it a little bit too, to be honest with you. Both quarterbacks did not really play that well. I know Will Howard had 327, um, but he was 26 for 42. and He had one interception. He did throw four touchdowns. And then uh, Malik Murphy... 19 for 37, 248 yards, two interceptions. Texas gets this win through running the ball down K-State's throat. Uh, but did anything else stick out to you about this one? Buster? Yeah, really, the last like six, seven, five, five, six, seven minutes were unbelievable. Um, Texas takes the lead 27-21. Kansas State drives all the way down the field and scores a touchdown. And they fuck up the extra point with a bad snap. They snap uh, the, the long snapper snapped it too early to the holder. So that was 27-27. Uh, mind you, they're they're gonna need they're they're gonna want that extra point. Um, because it would have been 28-27. Texas comes down, kicks a field goal, takes a lead 30 to 27. Kansas State marches down the field and then misses a 27-yard field goal. And then they stop Texas, get the ball back, and come down and then make a 40-yard field goal to send it to overtime, which was unbelievable because if they had made that extra point, all they would have needed was the field goal to win the game outright. And obviously they lost an OT by going for it on fourth, uh, fourth and like two, I believe it was. Um, but Zwick, I actually wanted to know what what did you think about that fourth down decision? Because I liked it because it because it actually secured the spread for me. So I, I really yeah, I really enjoyed I, it. I, I think it's like, I think it's the right move just because you're 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 on the road, you're playing the seventh best team in the nation. I like being aggressive there, going for the win. Um, obviously it didn't work out, but I like the decision. Max, I'm I'm with Swick. I like the decision as well. I, I I tend towards more um aggressive play calling. Honestly, I think you need to play to win here. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what they tried to do, and it didn't work out. I probably would have done the same thing if I was if I was them. Yeah, it's um especially like in a hostile environment, like yeah. giving the ball back to Texas, who you've been kind of keeping at bay for a while, uh, to keep them at bay for maybe a third or fourth drive in a row might have might have been tough. So I, I do I do agree with you guys. I think it's a gutsy call to go for the win. Um but imagine if they had just not fucked up that extra point, then Kansas State would would win and Texas's season would be over. But alas, Texas survives. Quinn Ewers will be back, I believe, right? I don't know if he's coming back next week, but he is returning this season. He's coming back this season. Yeah. He's coming back this season for sure. Um Texas wins the Big 12. They got life, but they're gonna need a few, few, few dominoes to fall in place if they're gonna to want to make the college football playoff. But it's their their chances are still very much alive. All right, I'm kicking our, myself for this Clemson and uh, Notre Dame game. We totally missed the side, and after we stopped recording, I I just kind of was thinking about like what like I was editing, and I listened to what we all said about how we were on on uh, Notre Dame, and it was so I was like I don't feel that way at all. I don't know why I picked this. This is clearly a Clemson. Um, throw everything at Notre Dame that you have because it's a must-win game and it's a kitchen sink game, game as uh, Bill Simmons calls it, where you throw everything but the kitchen sink at them because they needed this win so much more than Notre Dame. Obviously, Notre Dame needs the win, but this Notre Dame team, realistically, they're not really playing for a ton anymore. They're out of college football playoff contention. Um, right now, they're just playing for like a solid bowl game, but Clemson needs this, right? Like this... This is a program that's been under scrutiny recently. Um, Dabba Sweeney was getting criticized by a lot of people, especially down in Clemson. And uh, he said that he was fired up after a uh, after criticism from Tyler of Spartanburg. 
who is on a red hot radio show. So clearly this team felt that their back was against the wall and they get it done against Notre Dame at home. Sam Hartman plays terrible. Uh, 13 of 30, 146 yards, two interceptions. Cade Klubnik also plays really, really bad. Really, it was just Mafa um, who was able to run the ball down everybody's throats and just bring Clemson to victory here. Uh, we can start with you, Zwick. How did you feel about this game? Yeah, I mean, Clemson looked awesome. I mean, and we we totally missed on this because we were ready to throw Clemson in the gutter and throw Dabo Sweeney in the gutter and they looked awesome. And Notre Dame looked horrible. Sam Hartman looked terrible. 13 for 30, 146, and two interceptions is bad. Um, he has not looked great. He started off the season really strong, and we were all talking about Notre Dame maybe sneaking into the playoffs. And here they are, probably, you know, losing to Clemson and the game we never thought they'd lose. So I think this game probably saves some jobs for Clemson. Oh, yeah. I think, oh, yeah. I think Dabo has sort of been on the hot seat. And I don't think they'll – I I doubt they'll fire him. But Nothing. I think that if, if this game went south, they maybe, you know, they start having some discussions. But, yeah, Clemson's running back, Mafe, looked awesome. 36 for 186 and two touchdowns. Um, basically the player of the game. And Clemson got it done. I would – I was definitely surprised by this outcome. But uh I hate to say it and be that guy and, and switch my take, but by I think did. <clears throat> by Saturday, I did bet on Clemson plus three. Okay. So and let mm-hmm. me tell you why. I had a I had a little post nut clarity. Not I didn't actually oh, nut. Okay. But I had right. but I had uh, post nut clarity. My clarity was the fact that Clemson plays really fucking good at home. Okay. They play really, really well at home especially during the day. I don't know why they play well at home during the day. They gave FSU a ginormous run for their money. They should have won that game. They played better than FSU throughout the entire game. Florida State just made bigger plays and were able to come away with the win. Notre Dame, they were high. They were they were trending very high. They lost Ohio State. They started trending downwards. Big win against USC. They were kind of back up. And then it kind of hit me like, I don't think Notre Dame is that good. I think Estime is really fucking good and really fun to watch. But I don't know how much of a Sam Hartman believer I am. That was this was me pregame on Saturday. And I I turned out to be to be to be correct about that, but I'm I'm wrong on the podcast. I'm wrong on the record, but I'm right off the record. Kind of sounds a little suspect, I know. But I think Clemson just like they defend home field really well. And that's exactly what they did on Saturday. Um they play teams really just they play good teams tough at home. Uh, no matter how their season's going, they find a way to do it. And they took care of Notre Dame and really just ended their season. Uh, Notre Dame has had disappointing seasons now for the last, I don't know, 10, 10-ish years, Zwick, would you say? Yeah. I mean, I can't remember. Maybe more? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, and, and everyone thought that this was going to be their year. And maybe if they win uh, against Ohio State at home, the season goes completely differently. Who knows? But – you know, we can't we can't be playing the hypothetical game. We gotta play with what we got. And uh Notre Dame season is over. Clemson is not back by any means. They're not they're not back by any means, but Dabo might have just saved his job this weekend. Uh yeah, I'm there. Okay, let's go now. Washington USC. Mm, what a game. What a fucking game. Oh awesome. man. This also was, this... go ahead. Sorry. Be... Remember, I gave out two uh the parlay yeah. last week. 
I said the over Northwestern under Washington USC over. So listeners, yep. hailed. You're welcome. I hope you're rich now. That was fucking awesome. That was a that was the meme parlay of the week. <laughs> the not the it was actually the freest parlay of the week. Not yeah, even a meme parlay. It was yeah. the best parlay, the freest parlay of the week. I know up ninety four was the total in this one. What a cash for us. Uh, yeah, Washington's awesome. USC fires their defensive coordinator after this because holy hell is he bad and this defense is terrible <laughs> i feel bad for caleb williams i've had a whole circle back i i go, going into it i really did not like caleb williams at the start of the season because of his antics last season um well this season i've really liked him and now i've gotten to the point where i feel really bad for him um because he's giving it his all every single game but this usc team is just their defense is just too bad um and that's really about it but Wow, Washington, this team is fucking awesome. There's something special about this team here, Zwick. And what do you think it is? Penix is awesome. Um, yeah. he, his draft grade is rising every week. Um, I think he could, you know, slip into the late first, maybe early second with how he's playing. Uh, originally at this year, I think he was around a fourth or fifth round prospect, but he's looked awesome this year. Um, he's getting the ball out quickly, extremely accurate, and I mean, obviously, we got to talk about Washington's run game. 26 for 256 and four touchdowns from their starting running back. He looked awesome. I mean, we got to talk about USC's defense, though. It's like, I, I know it's, we know it's bad, but it is like historically bad. Yeah. The least amount of points they've given up in the last five weeks is 32. 30, 32 points is the least amount they've given up the last five weeks. So, oh. I mean, Basically, everyone had a day versus them on Washington. And Washington looks awesome. And I, I hope they get into the playoffs. I, I think they have a very real shot of winning the Pac-12. I think they should win the Pac-12. I think we'll see a rematch with Oregon. That'll be super fun. But I think they can get in. And obviously, USC is dead. I, I don't – how do you guys feel about all this this criticism that Caleb Williams is getting for, for crying – um, with his family after the game. I, oh I God, no! I'm, 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 I'm. I don't. I, I'm against the criticism. Me too. I, I, I think that's yeah. complete bullshit. The poor guy has been. The poor guy has been playing his heart out for two years now. Um, he's gotten and, and I, I can't imagine the world of pressure that that guy lives in, where yeah. it's constant Patrick Mahomes comparisons. He could make 15 teams in the NFL better today. Like I don't think that's true, but have all these narratives going around about you is, is really difficult to to handle as a 20. I don't even know how old he is. 20, 21, 22. Yeah. But like as a young, as a young man, that's, that's really difficult uh, to handle and he's been doing a great job of it. And sometimes it just becomes too much, uh, especially in a game like that, where you played unbelievable and your offense played unbelievable, but your defense gave up a fucking shit ton of points. Uh, so with all that being said, I think it's totally justified for Caleb Williams to have, a moment with his mom and, and cry where it's just kind of like, listen, I'm doing everything I can. And, you know, he has had a tough few games, but when he has those good games and his defense doesn't step up, that's it's really, it really gets frustrating for him. And I completely understand it. I mean, 27 for 35 and 312 and four total touchdowns is pretty good. How much, how much more can you ask of him? It's pretty, pretty fucking good. good. And um, no turn. I guess so. he will be getting drafted. There's those way. Remember how he said he might not be going to the league if he doesn't like the team there's no way he goes back to usc he has to because like uh, max like you made a good point like it's it's been two years of this 
Yeah. In two yeah. years of him being the best player in college football, in two years of him dominating and just disappointment on the other side of the ball. Like yeah. just yeah. no show on the defensive side of the ball. Fuck Lincoln Riley, by the way. That guy's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> He's never going to win anything. Yeah. We love you, Caleb Williams. We're a very pro Caleb Williams podcast yeah. here. I never thought I'd ever say that, but I I do, and I actually okay. do mean it. So he's um, so fun to watch. I, mean, I know, I, I love him. I love him now. Um, wait, real quick, I oh, want to say oh, I right. hope Washington gets in the playoff, and I do not think this will be a TCU situation because Washington is extremely tested, and TCU was not tested last year. That's why they drove me fucking nuts. Uh, they barely escaped that Kansas game when Kansas was like really the only good team that they played, and then they obviously showed they had not been tested. So. I really hope Washington gets in because I think that they're special and they are very well tested. But you guys go ahead with what you're going to just, say. Just to wrap up a little more USC defensive stats that are just so fun to to, to hear because they're so bad. Uh, the Trojans' defensive stats aren't pretty, according to Sports Illustrated. I think uh, <laughs> they might be right about this one. Hot take. They are giving up 32.5 points per game, which is 107th in the country. They are allowing 420 yards per game, which is 105th in the country. 420 <laughs> yards a game. A game. Allowing 5.7 yards per play. Oh, my. That's horrible. Per play. So, like, you could just run. If they run, if a team playing USC's defense runs two plays, that's a first down on average. So, if, like, you that's run a QB kneel, you get five yards. That's how bad that correct. is. Correct. If you run a QB sneak, it's five yards. Uh, So, that's one. I have. Two more stats. No, QB uh, they are. No oh no, the sorry. Joke. Huh? You know, sold the joke, but that was poorly poor podcasting there. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 working every day on my grind, guys. Well, my on my craft. Uh, and the final one, they have a red zone scoring percentage of ninety three point nine four percent, which is a hundred and twenty third in the nation. Red zone scoring to their opponents, of course. Wow, so, so, like, so they funny. could not be playing. They could not be. A worse defense, I don't think. I don't think there's probably across the board a worse defense than USC's statistically. Okay, uh, LSU, Alabama, Alabama is legit. Uh, they look good now. They're back. Um, who was right? Who was right? Who was right? Who was Butsy, right? Butsy was right. <sighs> we're not right. Alabama's fair. Playoffs aren't they? Yeah. To be fair, Jade, I, Jaden Daniels, that hit on him. Like he was playing well. That hit kind of threw him out of there. And I think that changes a lot of stuff for LSU, to be fair. To also be fair, Alabama looks really, really good. And I think they're starting to come back. And it's because they found consistency with Jalen Milrow a little bit. A hundred percent. I said um, he's been playing better the past few weeks. And yeah, he showed up and he played really fucking well on Saturday. Um, Zwick, Zwick, Zwick. They're going to beat Georgia. You know that, right? You know that they're going to beat Georgia. At this point, I hope they do. They're going to beat Georgia. Georgia did not. I think we'll maybe talk about that one next, but Georgia did not look great. Yeah, let's Bama talk about has looked, Bama's looked really good. All they got to do is beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, and they're in. Yeah, I don't, let's talk. I don't, I don't, I, is there some notion? I don't hate Bama. I like Bama. I just – I really like Jaden Daniels a lot more than I like Jalen Milrow. But Milrow looked awesome. I mean – if you're just box score watching, he doesn't look that awesome. But if you watch the game, he looked he so looked really, electric, really, really, really electric. And the Tigers, they just couldn't stop him. And you're right. I think they could beat Bam. I think they could beat Georgia in the SEC championship. We will see. I'm very excited. But, oh, my God. Like, just like this, they're back. I mean, we thought they were dead. 
Nick Saban brings it back from the dead. You know, so. Uh, yeah, let's talk Georgia Missouri real quick. Uh, I love Luther Bird in the third. I know that's like almost a random <laughs> takeaway, but he's got to be one of the best. I know it's Marvin Harrison is the best wide receiver in this class, but Luther Bird in the third is he's up there. This is going to be a fun. I, I, he can't get drafted this year, right? I think he can. Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I'll look. The the NFL drafting ages always throw me off. I don't really understand it, but it's um, a- okay. So yeah, this was a good game. Uh, I thought Mizzou was actually gonna pull this one out. Uh, I however, yeah, obviously they have the big third quarter there, and they're able to get the win over uh Mizzou. Georgia does, but I did think Bussy uh Mizzou was gonna pull this one out. They can't really close games because they did this against LSU. They were beating LSU. They were looking really good, and then they just kind of fell apart the second half. Um, so, yeah, what mm-hmm. do you think, Butts? Listen, I think Mizzou is my surprise of the year. Like, oh, yeah. Honestly, they they have surprised the shit out of me out of nowhere. No one thinks of Mizzou as really a school that's great in any sport. They're, like, competitive in basketball every every now and then. They had Michael Porter Jr. for a year. Yeah, that's that NIL money. He didn't play either, but that's that NIL money. I, right no, there. he played in the tournament. You played yeah, one game right, in the tournament right. against Florida State and they lost. Yes. That's actually crazy that I remember that. I got that fucking good. That's I can't awesome. I, I fail like I failed almost all my midterms, but I can remember that. So that's something. Um, but Mizzou's been unbelievable this year. And you know what? They just pushed Georgia to the limit. Like you know, we were talking about the game before uh, on the on the preview show, and we're like, you know, we think Georgia might, you know, calmly take care of this. Zwick was like Mizzou might cut the lead to 14 and everyone's going to be like, oh shit, here they come. But they cut it to a one score game. Like they made this a legit, legit game. I thought it was really fun to watch. I had the over 55, which was absolutely fucked that that didn't hit. I was on the right side of that bet. I will say that until I die. I was on the right side of that bet. The fact that it didn't hit was tough. Um, But regardless, there was, it was really one mistake by the Mizzou quarterback, the, the pick to the big fella. Yeah, that's, uh, that was late tough. in the game, that, that was hurt. really that was really hard to watch. But besides that, they played a hell of a game, and honestly, I think Mizzou uh, could easily win a bowl game against a really good team. So, oh, I agree, hundred percent. I'm, I'm gonna was... be excited to see where they end up at the end of the season. Me too. I was so happy that that guy didn't score. Oh man, I was so happy. Well, Max, I needed that because I had the over. All I needed oh, yeah, was one sorry. more touchdown, that's, and that's, the, that's a bad the guy dude. rumbles it down to the like the 10, 15 yard line, ten yard line. Dude, he got like, that down to like the eight or the seven. Yeah, he was. He was unbelievable, and then they called back like a fucking yeah, chop like block or something. Chop block, yeah, some bullshit. Was, it was like was, a wide receiver did a block or something. It was, it was such a way from the play, but a wide receiver sees like his opportunity to lay oh, down a big hit, and he and he does. They would have been on, I guess they would have been on defense. It was like a corner, but I don't know. It was some weird fucking thing um, oh yeah a corner laid out receiver probably yeah, yeah. i don't know it was yeah. some guy that should had no business laying out a chop block laid out a chop block but yeah this was yeah this was crazy this is a classic mizzou game not classic mizzou classic mizzou this season game like i said falling apart there uh in the second half but just looking like absolute world beaters in the first half they their program's on the right track right now this is what nil money does for you it brings out these programs that have a diehard fan base like mizzou does because uh, they were good in earlier, like you're going to see teams like Nebraska and Mizzou and other teams that were, you know, good a while ago, but haven't been good in a while. You're going to see those alumni uh, come in and get some good money and get some recruiting class stuff going. But yeah, I mean, Luther is amazing uh, and he's really helped this offense and I'm excited to see where they end up as well. So Zwick, uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, 
I think Mizzou has to be the biggest surprise of the college football season. I mean, who saw this coming? I mean, certainly not me. I don't think anyone saw Mizzou being ranked 12 in November and, you know, nearly knocking off Georgia in Athens. So I'm, I'm worried about Georgia. Like I, I think, I think Butts is right. I think Bama could beat them in the SEC championship. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, but you know what, you know what else sucks by the way? Uh, Tennessee's playing Mizzou at home right uh, next weekend, and they're gonna fall. Oh, no. They're going to lose. I'm telling you guys right now. Wait, Tennessee plays Mizzou at home. That's gonna be a great game. It's Fair not at, not at home. It's oh, at it's Mizzou. at Mizzou. Ooh, yeah, Jesus. Oh, that's sorry, what I'm saying. Max. Yeah, sorry, it's Max. not gonna be good. Not gonna be good. It, this is gonna be really rough. I'm so worried. I I know they're gonna lose this game though, and it's just gonna be a terrible season. But yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, all right, let's go to the final game. Oregon State beating Colorado. So Man, many good games. So many good games this week. Uh yeah, this one was a really fun one as well. <laughs> um I yeah, I mean I, I don't really know where to start. Uh, sure. uh I was yeah, talking about ahead. my favorite moment of the game uh was when the Oregon State was kicking extra point and then there was a flag on Colorado on the extra point and then so Oregon State was like fuck it, we'll go for two on the one yard line. And the quarterback fumbled and yeah. Colorado picked it up for two points. I mean, it was 20 to five at that point, but like, it was really, it was really kind of funny um, because that was, it was just a really funny sequence by Oregon States because they thought they're doing the smart thing, but turns out they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. My favorite part of the game was the kicker was named Atticus Sappington for uh, Oregon Ooh, state. That's a, top, that's a top college football. College football has the best names as well, but that's a top college football uh, name. But yeah, I mean, Shador, he's upgrading his stock, I think, a lot with every game that he plays. He um, is. He is. Yeah, I agree. I, my only concern with, and I have this concern with, like, Drake May, not Drake May, with Caleb Williams, too, as well as Shador, as well as Penix, like, Bo Nix, a lot of Pac-12 QBs, man, like, they're really flashy, and they're really good, and they throw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. We got to remember what the Pac-12 is about. High volume offense and really shitty fucking defense, like really shitty defense. So, and of course they play each other and it goes, you know, you know, it's a really high scoring affair and they're always fun to watch. But you remember last year when Oregon went up against Georgia? I mean, obviously Georgia was maybe one of the best college football teams ever that year, last year, and they got absolutely smoked. But it's going to be interesting to see when bowl season comes around, when the playoff comes around, how these quarterbacks play against other teams from other conferences like the big 10 like imagine we'll, like how differently bo Nix might play against the big 10 team where um, he's gonna might get be, might be getting pressured all day and the, and the corners are unbelievable so yeah i also i want to point out this was kind of a poorly coached Dion sanders like Dion didn't play didn't coach this game that well i thought he made some weird offensive play calls that were not like he he threw the ball a couple or called for a throw a couple of times when that should have just been a running play. Right. And, and then he had, he had like two straight passes. And then th- there was some miscues offensively and especially defensively that he took uh, credit for in the post game saying that that was on him. Um, and it was like there, I think people give Dion a pass of being a great coach, but this was one game that kind of falls on him a little bit. I think Swick. Yeah. I, there was definitely some questionable play calls. Um, I know obviously Colorado, 
made it close in the fourth quarter. It wasn't really close all game and they'd sort of um, fought their way back into it. But I think it depends on if Shador stays in college. If he stays, I think that they could be an like elite contender next year. Um, I think their own the recruiting class is only gonna get bigger next year. It's only gonna get bigger with another year of Dion, uh, another offseason with him. But as far as this game, Oregon State's just a lot better. Um, and it that was basically the story through three and a half quarters until Colorado made it the game. And yeah, I don't know. There was you're right, there was some weird like play calls, like some weird some weird runs on down and distances that you, you know, wouldn't normally run on. So I don't know. Yeah. It was just a strange game. Strange weekend in college football altogether. It was really fun though. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for our recap of college football. What a weekend. I mean, th- this was, this was one of the best ones, if not maybe the best one of the season. I think the games, there's a lot of really fun games. Um, and yeah, I'm actually sad that it's going, it feels like it's going by so fast. I wish it was longer. <sighs> It's um, so brutal. It's week like it's week eleven already. Yeah, I know it sucks. I I really hate it. I hate when it gets to the weather. Like I hate when it starts snowing and shit. And that feeling of like the early fall when college football's the best is gone now. It it stinks. It's a bummer. But whoa 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 whoa. So next week might even be better. Yeah, there's. Some we're gonna games. get into it on Thursday, but like yeah, next week Michigan Penn Michigan Penn State might be one of the coolest games. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Tennessee fucking lose. That'll be that'll be wonderful. Well, you guys are favored by Vegas right now. Yeah, I if yeah if I was a betting man, which I am, but I'm not gonna fade Tennessee. But I if you want to make money, fade oh Tennessee. God. Oregon is gonna score a hundred points on USC's defense next week. Oh yeah, yeah, it's seventy three right. and a half. Is that total already? I'm, I will be taking <laughs> it over. Yeah, leave yeah. them want more, boys. Leave no, them want more. We're putting out the over for that week already. USC, Oregon. Yeah, that's all I need. That's all. Over, over, over. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then Jordan and I are going to hop on and do some NBA. Okay, I'm here with Jordan. This is going to be a double flu pod, which is pretty cool. Um, so it might be the best pod I ever put out, or segment at least. Um, but yeah, we're talking about the NBA in-season tournament, the first ever version of this. Uh, I think both of us didn't really know exactly what to expect. I didn't know if the games were going to be even competitive, but... Every single game was very, very competitive. The biggest winning margin was by 11, and that was the Nuggets beating the Mavs by 11. Every other game um, was a two-point game, a seven-point game, a five-point game, a five-point game, and a uh, two-point game as well. So very close games. Um, I want to start with this, Jordan. I think this is where we disagree. You don't like the courts, but I do. (laughs) Uh well first of all I am very nasally uh I have I have sinusitis <laughs> if you can tell yeah um, what sinusitis <laughs> so it's gonna it's just gonna sound disgusting but um yeah the course were disgusting too so I don't know what you were thinking it reminded me of, thanks like, for calling attention to that that's good what <laughs> until the sinusitis and how gross you sound well you you did too I had to acknowledge the flu pod um. The courts reminded me of a 2K, like, create a court that I would have made when I was, like, 13, and I just hated the colors. It felt too dark, and I didn't like the line down the middle of them all. So, yeah, it was it was throwing me off. I liked it, dude. I, th- I felt like I was watching, uh, like, the EuroLeague versus – if you ever watch uh, those videos and it's, like, EuroLeague atmospheres versus NBA atmospheres, and there's, like, smoke and chanting and screaming, and they're on this, like, crazy court, and 
the middle of Greece. I thought I felt like I was there, but yeah, the in-season tournament was like that, but with an uglier court and a less excited fan base, less so. locked in. Yeah, so I guess it wasn't really like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like I liked the uh the courts. I thought it was something new, and it was just fun. I don't know. I I don't really I I feel like this is the the lowest the NBA has been in terms of jersey creativity and how cool their jerseys oh, are. Yeah. Terrible. And um, just overall style, I feel like the style has been down, which is weird because I feel like off the court, the players are much more stylish than they were before. But um, that's probably not what you guys came here to listen to. So let's talk <laughs> about the actual games themselves. Um, all these games were extremely close, and I don't think we're going to narrow ourselves down to like one game in particular. But just the idea of the in-season tournament as a whole so far, looks like it's starting to kind of work and make games more competitive because, like I said, all these games were extremely competitive and they had sort of like a play-in atmosphere, maybe not nearly to that extent, but kind of pretty close. Um, I thought everybody looked really locked in except for Julius Randle, um, but I thought every single other player looked very locked every in. Every player ready. in the league except Julius Randle. Except Julius Randle looked locked in. locked in. <laughs> that's a that's crazy statement. Did, Dude, he, I want to talk about him in the in the Knicks. I wish Letty was on for this segment because I feel so bad that he has to watch Julius Randle on his team. Julius Randle lost that fucking game for the Knicks, and I know because I drunkenly put money on the on the Knicks uh, at a brewery that I was at, and watching Julius Randle sit in the corner, call for the ball, yell at Jalen Brunson when Jalen Brunson takes a good shot. Who Jalen Brunson's your best player, and then not run back. Yeah, not run back on defense. And let let uh what's their face the Bucks go down in transition a slow Bucks team who is not great in transition go down and score to put them up ahead. I was absolutely livid. Julia Julius Randall needs to get off this Knicks team. I think the problem is, what is the value for Julius Randall? Is there any value um, for him around the league? We did this last year. Julius Randall is going to have a stretch this season where he shoots seventy percent from the field and like 60% from three and scores like 40 a night for 10 straight games. And we're going to be like, Jesus, we were all so wrong. I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it again. Cause <laughs> like we seen... did it literally like a couple months ago. Yes. But then there's just more and more data showing that he's a terrible teammate and terrible for the New York Knicks. He's been awful for them all season. Um, the city's completely done with him. And no, but I'm saying maybe when that stretch happens, he'll have some value. Maybe they can trade him. But when he's playing that well, then they're going to be like, oh, he's awesome again. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like they do look to trade him when he's playing that well. And there's just no market for it because nobody wants him as a fucking locker room cancer on their team because he just he's he has the most miserable looking face on the court. He's playing awful too, statistically. He's like so uh, bad. Everything's right just terrible right now. So he's putting up there. They said he's putting up world tour numbers from the field goal line because it's like four of 25, 325. So it looks like <laughs> it looks like tour dates for Taylor Swift or whatever. <laughs> it's insane. Four of 20, four 25. Yeah, it'll be like 315, 425. There, it's terrible. He is so bad for this Knicks team. And I feel bad for them because they're very mediocre, but you got to get rid of Randall. And I, they, I think they're stuck with him for three years, which. Well, is hell. Do, you, do you think they're just going to stink this year? I mean, I still think they're going to be better. They're two and four right now. I think he's going to play better than he is right now. Like this isn't he's he's bad, but he's not this bad. I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I think they're going to be better, but I think like, I don't know, the East, the East has some teams that I think are a we'll good amount. Yeah, I don't know, like that Nets team that we played against last the Celtics played against uh, two nights ago. Now, they're not good. 
but a Nets Knicks play in or whatever, I I wouldn't know who to pick. Let's put it that way. Like I I think there are teams that are on their level in the know. East. I just think it's so early. Like I'm not I'm not really swaying or straying away from my preseason predictions. Six games in yet. Like Miami's the twelfth seed right now. I don't think that's gonna last. Um, yeah, I mean, like I I'm looking at the Saints now. Like I think the Celtics, Sixers, Hawks, Magic, Bucks. Cavs are all better than the Knicks, and then obviously the Heat. Obviously so, the Heat, like I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. you just said that you don't you don't think they're two and four. No, I know, guys. but I'm just saying I don't think the Knicks are like an 11 seed. I think they'll be a mid, like somewhere between like eight and five. Okay, yeah, I mean that that's fair. Uh, yeah, the East is shaking out a little weird. The Hawks are better than I predicted them to be. I thought I thought they were. Um, I don't know. I just thought they they their team is kind of weirdly built. I feel like yeah. they're mixed up with Trey Young and uh, Dejounte Murray at the helm. I feel like they, I feel like those guys. It's sort of like Darius Garland and Donovan Donovan Mitchell. We're not necessarily sure if they can both coexist right now because it seems like one guy goes off and the other guy goes off, not mutual yeah, going off. Hawks, it seemed like ha- have a worse version of Garland and Mitchell, but maybe they don't. Maybe we yeah. Were wrong. So. Um, can we talk about the Thunder and how they're the most fun team? Oh ever? yeah, wait, I forgot we're the Thunder guys of the pod, dude. The Thunder are fantastic. I mean, you, Chet Chet is something special for sure. Did you watch that Warriors game because it was brutal the way it ended? <laughs> yeah, it hurt. That that one hurt. That especially it was the Warriors, and you know our feelings towards them. Yeah, but I just can't believe they called a Draymond offensive goal <laughs> pen where he clearly hit the rim, and then they looked at it, reviewed it, and overturned it. I didn't understand that at all because it was a great call on the court by the referee. But anyways, the Thunder are awesome. Um, My bet with Letty is not looking amazing at the moment, but I'm still super confident in it because of how the Thunder look. The Timberwolves are playing pretty well, though, so there is that. Yeah, Celtics also are taking on the Timberwolves tonight, so I'm excited for that one. But yeah, the Thunder are so good. I They just need that one center. They need like a... a like a banger center though not like yeah. like check chet's a good center he's just the starting five is awesome yeah but if you could throw in rob will down there or oh my god like you know just someone who's a bruiser right someone who can take um you know a beating from the bigger guys in the league i i think that that would round them out pretty perfectly Absolutely. they are they're they're a lot of fun for sure i mean they have so many like like michich i know he only played 12 minutes but the he, they added him from Serbia and he's just one of those guys like him and the other Serbian guy on the Kings they just fit in seamlessly from the Euro League the NBA needs to do that more just bringing in these like twenty nine year olds from yeah absolutely that played overseas Vizankov for the Kings looks great yeah. like, he plays really all, he's, energy guy yeah he's and he can shoot the ball really well and he's just like the the Euro League like like we already have weirdly mentioned in this pod, the Euroleague atmosphere is a lot better than the NBA's atmosphere. <laughs> double Euroleague reference. <laughs> double Euroleague yeah, reference there. Um, <laughs> haven't even watched one of those compilation videos in probably a couple of years either, so I don't know why that's fresh on the brain. But um, no, but I I think I think the Giddy J Dub Shea Chet and Dort is like one of the best like fit together fives in the league. I think. You have everything that you could want. You have your star in Shea. You have a playmaker, unselfish guy in Giddy. 
Um, Jalen Williams is kind of like a secondary scorer. Chet's a very good big man. He can score without dominating the ball. And then Dort's just this lockdown, like, brick wall of a defender um, who can guard the other team's best player. So I think it's a great five. Yeah, if they got, like, a, a Rob Williams or something um, to come in and give Chet minute or give Chet a break or come in and maybe take Dort out and put Rob in, go double big, that would be that would be awesome for them. They're going to be good, though. They're going to be really yes. good. They also need a th- some three-point shooting. But Kaysan Wall, the thing with that is Kaysan Wallace looks like he's going to kind of step in and slowly be that sharpshooter for them, which is perfect yeah. because th- the way that they penetrate and look to kick, like that's just kind of Shea's game, Um, is he – I don't know how to describe what SGA does. Shea is, watching Shea, it just looks like hell having to guard him. Like I don't hmm. know how you stop him. In, in that Warriors game, every time he had any like – room to just go one-on-one it was a bucket every single time like five straight possessions he's i know weirdly he moves in such a weird way he has like a bunch of step backs and like shimmies and shakes to go to um in the post and great handle he's big he shoots over smaller guards like it's kind of like a dancer yeah he is it's weird it's It's, it looks like it looks like a guy it looks like someone's doing ballet while playing basketball if that makes sense just the way that he moves yeah, but it's, it's like a little long. bit awkward. It's like, yeah. I don't know. You can't predict what, where he's going. You can see that he watched a lot of Paul George, but yeah, you can definitely. also see, and you can see that like there's probably some KD film in there a little bit with the elbow jumpers. Yeah. Um, But other than that, there's not really any comp he's to so Shea. Yeah. He's so unique. And I, who are we arguing with that was saying that we're a little too high on Shea? Probably Bussy because he's an idiot. <laughs> maybe led with <laughs> probably uh, the two. talking about you butsy here yeah. he is <laughs> um yeah but no shay shay and chet they have something there so do you think that this pushes their time to contention like should they start trying to dude make a little bit of a run it depends who it would be right i mean if they throw all their picks at the sixers like who's struggling right now though because the sixers look pretty good i don't think they would trade Embiid. it'd have to be like a struggling team maybe they get julius the bull I, dude i kind of <laughs> was gonna throw that in there and i was like why would i do that i don't want them to i want julius to go to memphis and just have a just i i want him to get to memphis somehow after shitting on julius for a, a whole segment well i want him to get there because i just think that would be one of the funniest most angry teams <laughs> of all time marcus smart and julius randall screaming at each other and then yeah. jaw's father coming in and yelling and Jaron Jackson getting pissed off at Kenny Kenneth Lofton getting into some fights with Julius. Yeah, it, it would be awesome. Um, is whispering to me that the Thunder should get Zach Levine, which that, I was just gonna say that was that was gonna be what I said. I don't think they should get him, but I thought they should go to the Bulls and get see if Vooch is available. I don't think he is because he just re-upped. But um, well, but in order for them to be a contender, like a real championship contender, I think it would have to be someone like a superstar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think Levine even gets them to. You could, level. I don't. Know. You could call Toronto and get OG to fill out that Lou Dort role, move yeah, Dort like to the a bench. Small move like that is fine, but I, I don't think they should just go unless it's Embiid or or one of the top ten guys, top fifteen I mean, guys. Maybe that I, I wouldn't, you know. But you could fix that. It. Yeah, I, I, I also think that we don't know what SGA is yet. Like if he, oh, I think could, we know. I think you know, we do know. But I'm I, saying I he SGA could be, awesome. he could be the best guy on a championship team. I think so too, but I I so, still think even with that you need more stars than just one. Yeah, that's very true. So I think, but I think those like fringe moves, 
like OG Ananobi is not a fringe move. It's kind of one of those that's pushing you towards contention and giving you direction. But I think with the way that this team is so specifically built, you have to, it's going to be hard to get a plug and play guy because they need such niche needs, right? Like they need a sharpshooter and they need, they need a big, um, but what they don't need is someone who controls the ball a ton and messes up what they have going on offensively. So if you could grab like buddy healed from the Pacers and then, if you could grab, I'm trying to think of like a big guy, like Rob Will would be pretty awesome. I'm not saying that puts them into contention, but that makes me at least think that the next three years are when they right. can start blossoming into contention. Right, because... yeah, I agree with that. Um, can we talk about my Lakers? Oh, I, I hate that you just said you're Lakers, but go ahead. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Well, I hate this new character you're doing where you love the Lakers. It's just, it's offensive to all Celtics fans, which is what you claim to be. It's not uh, it really is. a character, I don't think anymore. Oh <laughs> Jesus! Your father must be obs- pissed at you. It's like yeah. a, it's like a mess. So disappointed. He goes too far into the role, and then he yeah. just becomes like the Joker. He yeah. can't go. Oh, get- whoop! <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, they they stink. What's wrong with Austin Reeves? What, what happened to him? He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's just he's. I don't know. It, it's a it, it's looking a little bad for him right now, but I. I still believe good in adjective. him. What? Good Bad, adjective. Good adjective. Yeah. <laughs> I just was. I was trying to think like how to describe it, and it's just not he had looking a good. Game. Good. He had a good game last game, actually. So. Yeah. He's. It, it's. It's almost like uh the league is kind of. <laughs> they're definitely targeting him. Not the league it's per se, but like the players are. You know. I think that. He came in and he kind of had a huge jump off Team USA, right? And yeah. he definitely became a lot more popular. And I think that you could tell that teams are sort of looking at, at him as the second or third option on this Lakers team. Whereas yeah. last season, he might've only been guarded as, uh, you know, like the fourth or fifth option or maybe the right. sixth. Uh, I think the real issue is D'Angelo Russell. And also D'Lo, the, so I haven't watched every Lakers game. He was but, absolutely horrendous against the magic four for 17. Yeah. I've seen him play some really darn good games this year, though. And I've seen, like, Reeves be a big reason why the offense struggles or, like, AD be a big reason why the offense struggles. Um, I also don't like how many minutes Cam Reddish is playing. I don't know yet what I think of Christian Wood. I think he actually looks a little bit better defensively. Don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. Well, I I don't know. I I mean, (laughs) what? why, Why not? Because I'm not a Christian Wood believer. Christian Wood does not pass the basketball ever. He never passes the ball. I think it's a little different, though, on this team. A little. A little. A little it's bit. Not like, I'm not saying he's a Jokic, but like it's he looks a little bit more unselfish and willing to play a role. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, th- I agree. I think LeBron's playing too many minutes already, way before they wanted him to. They want him to be at, what, 29? He's getting like consistent 30-plus minutes, sometimes even 40. Um, I think that... I don't trust the Christian Wood thing. Um, and I I mean, obviously, this is kind of a really new team as well. So they're trying to put it all together. But AD has been going on these spells of not scoring in the fourth quarter. And you yeah. can tell that they need him to score in the fourth quarter. They need him to score in general. But especially in the fourth quarter when guys are getting tired, like you're looking for layups and stuff in the post. Because when you get tired like that, the jumpers go, right? So you need to get close to the rim. And AD is just... He goes on these spells. He just doesn't score in the fourth quarter. And I, he's one of the most confusing players to cover uh, like in the media or whatever because he's obviously really, really good. But 
I, you, you can't explain these fourth quarter notions. He's the most frustrating star, superstar, whatever you want to call him, because he has stretches of seasons or like stretches of games where he is by far the best player on the court. He's unstoppable. He looks like he can, you know, go toe to toe with Giannis and Jokic for like a, a couple minutes there when he goes, when he's going off. Um, but yeah, sometimes he just disappears and it's going to be a problem because like in that Clippers game, AD was having a great game and then just disappeared and they needed LeBron to play the entire fourth quarter almost um, and score 35 points to, to beat the Clippers who, uh, I mean, they're a decent team. They, they shot the ball well, but you, you don't want LeBron playing, you know, he played 42 minutes that game and I know yeah. it was OT, but they said he was on a, what, 30 minute minutes restriction. It was like or 29 something. or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, and they're also I missing. They, I, I just think, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. I just think they need their other guys to play better. Like LeBron's playing great. AD needs to play better. Um, Reeves needs to play better. And then in terms of Russell and Wood, like they either need to play better or it's the wrong fit. And that's that's a really big issue. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried already about um, my Lakers. Well, I think, okay. All right. You're, you're, you're I was... Uh, for a couple things, uh, one, Torian Prince and Gabe Vincent have been injured, and like yeah, in a vacuum, true. in a vacuum, those two guys aren't the greatest players of all time. But those are two guys that uh eat up a good amount of minutes for this Lakers team, and they both bring um like Gabe Vincent brings kind of this calming to the offense and like gets facilitation going, and then is also just a great outlet for LeBron because what what have we always said that works best with LeBron is if you cut and you um sit in the corner for three that you're going to be, you're going to be found and you're going to be good to go. Gabe Vincent does that really well. Um, so he kind of acts as like this safety valve for the Lakers. So he'll be good to get back. And then Torin Prince, same thing, good three and D guy, and they're going to need more defense. So he'll bring that as well. But um, yeah, like they're, they're, it's early. There's a lot of issues, but like I said, this team was just kind of built this off season on the fly. Um, they're going to take a while to get together. And uh, my final kind of take before we, head off here is that i think i think the lakers were hoping that the mavericks were going to be doing a lot worse kind of like what i thought but the mavericks are playing all right right now and my guess is the minute that the mavericks start shitting the bed or Kyrie says something nuts you're going to see that d'angelo russell and Rui to the mavs for Kyrie like tomorrow you know what i'm saying like it'll be done very quickly wow that you're like confident in that that's like a that's a habit it, it adds exactly up to the contracts add exactly up to that. Everyone said that when Rui and D'Lo signed for their extensions, that that was they all noticed like, hey, that exactly adds up to what what you need to move to get Kyrie in the building. I I also think um the Lakers are like the one team that Kyrie would fit perfectly on, like fills yeah. a lot of their needs. And the Mavs right now are looking good, but that's because Luca's playing MVP level basketball. Um, and weirdly, Derek Lively, who we were all not Derek high Lively's on. Derek Lively is a big difference. <laughs> he, I don't know how we missed that one because he – I mean, I do know because he looked terrible in college with Duke, but he's come back and he's looked like rookie of the year, if not for Wemby. <laughs> so uh, there's that. But, yeah, all right. Let's uh, wrap this up here. Just a quick NBA segment. We'll be getting uh, deeper into the NBA later in the week, but we wanted to talk a little bit about just what's going on in the league right now. So, yeah, thank you all for listening to this action-packed couch episode. We'll be back later in the week to do a little bit of NFL and college football, but a heavy NBA schedule.